I'm going to do a short poll here. Okay, you ready? Coke or Pepsi? How many are for Coke? Right? How about Pepsi? That's me, too. I lived in Atlanta for a little while. I've been to the Coke factory several, several times, and uh, I've had enough of Coke. I'm ready for, to see what Pepsi has to offer. Amen, yeah. What about this? How about this? Uh, Apple or Android? How many are for Apple, like iPhone, right? That's the correct answer. And then how about Android? Nah, we could boo them. There are all those people that have those green. When you try and text them, it comes up green instead of blue because they don't have iMessage. It's so annoying. Uh, how about this? Dogs? How many for dogs or cats? How about this? Dogs or cats? How about neither? That's where I'm at. If you prepare them the right way, I'm sure I would love them, right? That's the... <laughs> Uh, when I was in Indonesia, I saw some, some dogs being uh, cooked and, and prepared. It was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> how about Chevy or Ford? How, Chevy? Ford? Neither one? Jeeps? That's what I'm for, right? How about real versus fake Christmas trees? That's some people are passionate about. How many are for real? I always had a real one growing up. How about fake Christmas trees? You're all frauds, every single one of you. <laughs> we have been given a God-given opportunity to have an opinion. And uh, we love to express our opinion, and it makes us feel validated when other people share that opinion with us. We are passionate about choosing which is better. And those were uh, pretty trivial things. If I began to ask uh, about your political views or uh, some other type of thing. We could get into fist fights like there was the other night at the country music thing. Uh, you didn't hear about that. You look it up in the news. It's crazy here in Clarksburg. Uh, but we are passionate about things, about choosing which is better. But we've been talking about how Jesus in, is better. And ultimately, in any list of priorities, we can be sure that Jesus is better than anything. And last week we saw from the first two chapters of Hebrews that Jesus is better than the angels. And Jesus is better than any other way that God has communicated with us in history. He is a far better messenger. And we can have hope because God himself came down to walk among us and bring us the message of the gospel. Now in chapter three, and ver uh, chapter 3 and chapter 4, which is where we'll be this morning, if you'll turn there, uh, we'll start in verse 1 in Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to see that any debate about who is the best leader and Jesus trumps them all. Winston Churchill, Abraham Lincoln, Nelson Mandela, Mahatma Gandhi, Julius Caesar, Harriet Tubman, George Washington, Joan of Arc, Alexander the Great. Oprah, any list of leaders, Jesus is far better than any of them. Think about it. If you had one singular person to pick in, throughout of all history to say this person made the most impact, Jesus is that leader. No one has ever had near the effect that Jesus has had. In fact, the birth of Jesus splits time in half because B.C., means before Christ, and 
AD stands for Anno Domini, which means in the year of our Lord. Every day when you say the year 2019, you're saying Jesus' life splits time in half. And Jesus is better. See, Jesus is better than any hero of the Bible as well. Jesus is better than Noah, better than Abraham, better than King David, and better than Moses. In the Hebrew culture, that would have been a big deal to say that because Abraham and Moses were almost seen as godlike people themselves. But God reminded the Hebrews that they were just men, and Jesus is God. Verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of the house has more honor than the house itself. These verses here uh, exhort us to consider Jesus. That means to carefully direct our mind towards him. Jesus was the apostle. That's the sent one or messenger. And he is our high priest, the one that goes to God on our behalf. Yes, Moses helped deliver them from Egypt and led them through the wilderness and built the tabernacle and gave them the Ten Commandments as well as the other laws of God. Moses helped bring the Old Covenant, and when people rebelled against Moses, God punished them by not allowing them into the Promised Land. But how much more should we be sure that we are following Jesus? Because Jesus brought the good news of the New Covenant. That God wants to forgive our sin and draw us to himself. And now, because Jesus is the high priest, we can approach God boldly. Jesus is counted as more worthy than Moses. We must all accept Jesus and follow him in obedience, or we are in danger of not entering the new promised land in the kingdom of God. Skipping down to verse 16. It says, For those who heard and yet rebelled. Was it not all those who left Egypt, led by Moses? And with him, was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter into his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Verse 1 of the next chapter, chapter 4, says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. See, there were Hebrew people that believed enough in God's power to leave Egypt and to cross the Red Sea and to walk through the wilderness that did not believe enough to take that next step into the promised land. The land that was promised to them by God. And their disbelief led to disobedience. And there may be some in the room today that have believed enough to come to church and to serve here and there and maybe even give a regular and generous offering, but they don't believe enough to put all their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the only means of rescue. 
That is a fatal error that must be rectified because you don't want to miss the rest that is promised to us in the next life. Disbelief leads to disobedience. These warnings are all over God's word. Verse 1, again, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. See, God's promise still stands, but make sure you have accepted it. Make sure you haven't missed the point and missed heaven. Moses led people, uh, the people of God out of captivity and brought them through the wilderness. And he was able to do many great things for God, but Jesus is better. Next, the writer highlights Joshua. Joshua was a great leader that at times had brought peace and rest to the people of Israel, but it was only temporary. Verse 8 of chapter 4 says, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. See, God gave us a command to Sabbath, which is much more than just the idea of you going to church on Sunday. It comes from the same word that sabbatical comes from. And we as Christians are made to take real and quality time to rest and reflect on the goodness of God. And right now we're designated that time once a week. And Joshua was a good leader in all, and he brought Israel into the promised land. And he did bring rest, but one day we will live in eternal rest with our Father forever through Jesus Christ. As that old song says, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep over the wild stormy deep, but in Jesus I'm safe evermore. Moses may have led them through the wilderness, and Joshua may have led them into the promised land, but Jesus will lead us to our eternal home in heaven to be with him and enjoy him forever. Verse 11, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. See, we must be careful that we are holding on to something real. We all probably remember those old Wiley Coyote cartoons, right? Where he's chasing Roadrunner all over the desert. And uh, he finds himself climbing up a rope only to get halfway up and realize that rope isn't actually tied to anything. And you know how it goes. He looks at the screen and he holds up a sign that says help. And then he plummets to his doom. We must make sure that our faith is tied to something real. Now, we shouldn't be scared that we can lose our salvation, but we should be sure that there is proof that we ever had it in the first place. Jesus is the only leader that we can follow into the rest of heaven. Salvation is found in no other name, no other religious leader, no saint, no, uh, not Mary, not uh, 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 the deacons or church membership. Jesus is the only name that brings salvation, and Jesus is a better leader. Now, even if you aren't a Christian, if you follow the leadership principles that Jesus modeled for us, it will make you a more successful leader. 
See, the principles that God gave us not only work in the church, they work in the workplace. We see Jesus modeled leadership when he humbled himself and that Jesus didn't seek position, although he could have easily had it. They wanted to worship him as king and wanted him to take over the government. But Jesus didn't seek position. Jesus defined real leadership as being a servant. Jesus took risks to serve others. Jesus didn't need to be at the head of the table. Jesus shared responsibility and invested in those under him. And Jesus built a team that carried out a vision long after he was gone. See, this radical leadership still works today. And people are still writing volumes about how to lead like Jesus led. Andy Stanley and Craig Groeschel and Carrie Newhoff all have leadership podcasts that teach leadership to everyday people in the workplace, the principles that are grounded in God's word and, and the, the example of Jesus Christ. And they're teaching these to just people in the secular workplace. And it's working and it's amazing. Why? Because Jesus is the best leader ever. And the truth is, you are all leaders as well. It's just a matter of what direction you're leadering, uh, leadering in. <laughs> what direction you're leadering in. What direction you're leading in. You are a leader. And you can lead toward living a life that makes an impact and living a life that matters in eternity, or you can lead towards apathy and coasting and selfishness and pride. John Maxwell defines leadership as influence. You might say, oh, I'm not a leader. If you have influence, then you are a leader. You are influencing your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors. Even if it doesn't seem like it, you are leading people. And Jesus is the best leader to model your life after. Be humble and to serve and to share responsibility and to build teams. And don't look for credit or recognition. See, our churches are meant to be leadership factories. And if we follow Jesus' principles, this should come natural to us. See, that's what discipleship is, is raising up leaders. Now, our human leaders will fail us every time. Pastors that we elevate and leaders in the community, we're so tempted to idolize people. But Jesus will never let you down. Andy Minio says there's three things that you can depend on, death, taxes, and Jesus. Jump into Hebrews chapter 11 just for a minute. It's this uh, great chapter of the Bible. Some people refer to it as the hall of faith, and it's really a who's who of the Bible. And it talks about all these great people of faith, people who stepped out, and that their faith influenced that people of God called the people of Israel. These were great leaders, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Rahab. And then the start of chapter 12 tells us that all these people are not running their race anymore, that they had their chance to lead, and now they're spectators in the stands. Uh, chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, 
the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. See, these heroes of the past are now viewed as spectators. And let's take their example of faith and press on. Let's cut the fad and lay down the weight and run, and run with endurance, and don't quit. But ultimately, don't look to the heroes of the past. Look to Jesus. He saw the cross, and he ran toward it. He endured the cross, and you can endure this race. Jesus is a better messenger, and Jesus is a better leader. I'm going to share with you real quick everything that I know about aliens, okay? You ready? Just in case anything were to ever happen. There's two things I want you to know. First is this. First thing they're going to say is they're going to say they come in peace, but don't trust them, okay? They're after something. Whether it be to steal our precious resources or to kidnap slaves for their underground moon base, they are after something. Maybe it's even just to dissect us like biology class amphibians. I don't know, but don't trust them. They say they come in peace. The second thing they're going to say is, take me to your leader. Who is that for you? Who are you following with your life? Who is your leader? See, the only person that is worth following with your life is Jesus. You can place all your hope and trust in him. You can have a favorite celebrity. You can have a favorite politician. You can have a favorite person in the community that you really look up to. But ultimately, they are just human. And to lift them up on any pedestal is not fair to them. The only person that's worthy of being lifted up is the one that was lifted up on the cross in your place. When you're lost, look to Jesus. When you're confused, look to Jesus. When you're filled with shame, turn your eyes upon Jesus. When you're broken, look to Jesus. When you're mourning, look to Jesus. When you're helpless, look to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Consider Jesus. He is a better leader, and you can trust him. With every head bowed and eyes closed, the band comes. If I asked you to take me to your leader, who is that? Who are you following? Who is your hero? Who would you be the most excited to meet this morning? Who do you lift up? The only name that is worthy to be lifted up is the name of Jesus. Jesus is better. As we softly play, let's search our heart. And really ask ourselves, who are we following? We might say we love Jesus, but do you even know what Jesus said? You might say that you really admire Jesus, but are you following the instruction that Jesus left us?
A lot of people treat Jesus similarly to the Queen of England, a figurehead. Someone that doesn't really have much power over their lives, but they really like him. They admire Jesus. Jesus is worthy of all of you. Let's ask ourselves this morning, who is my leader? 